Hi, you're listening to Sensationalist Science, a podcast about science, the media, and the truth behind those astonishing headlines you've read. I'm your host, GitMK, aka The Health Nerd, and for this episode, I'll be enlightening you about something that is bound to make you drowsy. Headlines have hit across the globe, extolling the almost magical benefits of special blue light blocking sunglasses on teen sleep. It appears, based on the news, that blue light from screens and devices is destroying our children's slumber, and our own, and the way to cure it is a set of slightly odd-looking sunnies. Now sadly for all these optimistic articles, the truth is far more likely to put you to sleep. The stories have been nothing short of sensationalism at its best. The Telegraph led with the wonderful Wearing glasses to knock out blue light before bed can stop sleep disruption. The Independent went with Special glasses may reduce sleep disrupting effects of smartphones, study suggests. And the Daily Mail topped them all off with the lovely Wear sunglasses in bed for a good night's slumber. Special lenses to filter out blue light could stop smartphones ruining sleep, study claims. If you believe the headlines, it sounds like blue light is an issue, and special glasses can stop it from affecting your life. But considering that you're listening to this podcast, I think you'd probably know better than that. The stories are all talking about one of the new bogeymen of modern existence, blue light. The basic idea about blue light and health is that there aren't many sources of light waves in nature in the blue frequencies, aside from the sun. And it's been hypothesized that blue light can cause a number of changes in your biochemistry, or bodily processes, that may have impacts to your health. There have been a number of studies looking at the impact of blue light on various aspects of human life, and while there is no definitive answer to whether it is bad for you, there is some evidence that it causes issues, in particular sleep disruption. Basically, the blue light causes your hormones to be slightly dysregulated, and this can potentially, theoretically, impact your sleep. And that brings us nicely to the study of the day, Restoring the Sleep Disruption by Blue Light Emitting Screen Use in Adolescence, a Randomized Controlled Trial. This study looked at teenagers between 12 and 17 years of age who used screens. They didn't specify what type of screen, so smartphones, computers, televisions potentially, more than four hours per day. They then gave these teens one of three treatments in a random order, either using their screens as normal with no intervention for a control arm, sleeping with blue light blocking glasses, or completely refraining from screen use entirely. All of these interventions lasted for one week, at which point they stopped doing any of the interventions for a week, so the teens stopped any intervention and just went back to their normal habits, and then they started the next intervention randomly. It's what's called a randomized crossover trial. If you ask me, the most amazing finding from this study is that it is in fact possible to stop teens from using screens for an entire week. I mean, that's basically magic. The study found that kids who used screens a lot had a slightly later sleep onset time and wake up time. Basically, they went to sleep later and woke up later. 
and that either cutting out screens entirely or using blue light filtering glasses at night stopped this. So it returned their sleep patterns to the same as kids who uh, didn't use screens a lot. And kids who used the glasses also reduced the amount of time it took to get to the midpoint of sleep, although these things didn't appear to be related to the hormonal changes that I mentioned before. Now, so far, so good. But there are a number of things that make this study very unlikely to have much impact on your life. So why were the headlines wrong? The first thing to note is that this piece of research hasn't actually been published yet. The study appeared as a conference abstract for the European Congress of Endocrinology, more specifically as a poster presentation. Now, I've been on dozens, literally dozens, of poster presentations for conferences, and as any scientist can tell you, they are very variable quality. Usually, posters are on very preliminary results of quite early research, and they rarely have the kind of detail that would allow you to make any decisions whatsoever based on them. Case in point, this abstract didn't contain a single number. And what I mean by that is, there were no numerical comparisons between the groups. We have no way to quantify anything that the authors said, which makes it almost impossible to draw any conclusions. We don't know, even know if the changes they found with blue light filtering glasses were statistically significant, never mind clinically important. I mean, we don't even know if they've just thrown up statistical noise in this study because they literally didn't give us any information on the figures. And there's plenty of research showing that unpublished research is much less reliable than pub published work. Peer review, which is the process of scientific review of papers before they get put out to the world, is imperfect. But if you aren't even engaging with that imperfect system at this point, there's really not much you can say about the work. And I should mention that this is not a critique of the authors. Most work goes to a poster presentation in a conference before it's published in a scientific journal. That's part of the process. But it does mean that you cannot make any definitive conclusions because it hasn't even been checked over by the peers of the scientists who wrote this study. And there were other big problems with inferring from this study that blue light glasses are a lifesaver. The entire study was on 25 people. Now, we can discuss the importance of sample size, which is how many people are in a study, at length, but it's hard to say anything about a sample that includes fewer people than the average minibus. It's actually unlikely that this study did reach statistical significance because of the small numbers, which I would guess is why there were no numbers in the abstract. Another problem was that the study didn't have a control group. As I said before, it was a randomized crossover trial, which means each participant acted as their own control. I mean, that's fine as far as it goes, but if you want to make specific statements about, say, whether blue light glasses do anything for your sleep, you really need to include a control group who are wearing normal glasses or something similar because unblinded studies are much more likely to act as sources of bias. And acting as your own control is not ideal unless there really 
is a constraint on the number of people that you can include in the study. And even more, since none of these kids went through a sleep study, as far as we can tell, it was all self-report. And we know that self-report is very vulnerable to bias. It's not unlikely that any benefits noted in the study were just due to the placebo effect. People reporting that they felt an improvement, even though there was no actual improvement in their, in their results. So what we have is an unpublished study on a handful of teens that might not even show a difference between blue light blocking and nothing at all. What does the rest of the literature say? Well, I had a look, and it turns out this question has, in fact, been investigated before. Uh, there's a 2017 systematic review that found there was a lack of high-quality evidence to support using uh, BB spectacle lenses, so blue light blocking spectacle lenses for the general population to improve visual performance or sleep quality. Now, a caveat is that it only included 136 participants. It makes it better than our current study, but only just. Overall, it's hard to make any conclusions because the evidence just isn't there to say much at all about the issue. And when I say the issue, I don't just mean blue light blocking glasses, I mean blue light in general. There's a surprisingly small amount of evidence, given the terror of the media articles, that blue light actually is bad. There are some epidemiological studies showing associations between an increased, risk, uh, an increased exposure to blue light as measured by some vague uh, correlation and some bad things, but they're, they're quite vague, as I said, and it's, it's really hard to draw conclusions from them. And then when you look at the in interventional research, like these studies, you often fail to see any meaningful difference. It's entirely possible that blue light doesn't have any negative impacts at all. But even if it does, there's no evidence that treating blue light exposure does anything itself. We love bogeymen, and nothing is scarier than technology. As humans, we're programmed to fear what we don't understand, and most of us have literally no idea how our devices work. I mean, I know I don't. I may have some degrees, but I have no idea what, what is going on inside my phone. But that doesn't make them evil. Blue light might be bad for us, but there's currently not a lot of evidence either way. Even if blue light is bad for us, there's definitely no evidence that special sunglasses can do anything to improve your health or sleep. It's total nonsense, currently based off unpublished preliminary research that may yet prove to be entirely wrong. If you see headlines like this, it's always worth being cautious. Check the story, check the study, and have a think about what it might all actually mean. This has been your dose of sensationalist science and media madness. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can find it on SoundCloud at SensiPod or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, GetMK, and you can find me on Twitter at GetMK or Medium at GetMK or Facebook at GetMK Health Nerd. You can also find SensiPod on Twitter at SensiPod. Have a great week, and remember, if it sounds unlikely, it's good to be skeptical. Mm -hmm.